Welcome to Third Church's T3 Family Podcast. Hello, T3 Family Podcast. For the month of April, we will be in a series called Behold the Gold. The gold is God's best, and His heart is for us to experience His best for us. In this series, we will look at the gold within the context of sex, relationships, and culture. Today, we will focus on what this means for high school students. We have our two resident sex experts with us. (laughs) I will let them introduce themselves, and then would you guys mind sharing, how did you learn about sex growing up? Well, thank you, Allie. I guess I've never been introduced as a sexpert before, but we have been working on this series for about a month now. So I do, I do feel inundated with a lot of information yep. about yeah, I agree sex. With you too. <laughs> and one of the things that I shared on the video was how I learned about sex, and it was it was a family member. Um, an ornery family member who used to tell me, uh, be good. And if you can't be good, be careful. And if you can't be careful, name it after me. And that was my sex education uh, grow, growing up. And then the schools added to that. And then I had some other family members, some cousins that also shared their perspectives on that. So not a, not a all-inclusive um, education for for sure mm-hmm. for my sex education. Yep. Yeah. Well, I'm Brett Weersma, also first time being called a sexpert. And yes, I would feel like after the past few weeks, um, I have learned a lot and I feel pretty well versed in, in what we're sharing with our students for sure. Um, I did not get a lot from home. I think I got... Um, the quote sex education from the school and from church maybe a little bit and then a lot of bad information from peers mm-hmm. and uh, maybe older kids on the bus or things like that so uh, there was a lot of confusion for me in middle and high school for sure wow okay so both of you are coming at this from very well a little bit similar perspectives because the one thing that I find very interesting is that neither of you talked about what the church had to say about it So one of the reasons we wanted to do this podcast was for our whole church family to understand more what does the church think and feel about sex and sexuality, and then how do we enter in as the church and come alongside of families who are already having the conversation, and or how do we encourage families to have the conversation? So we have a list of questions that will be talked about in in and throughout the series for core students at third, but I wanted to start with our first question for both of you to answer. What were some of the things you took into consideration for this series while preparing? Well, we uh, think very highly of a Christian psychologist named Jim Burns. And one of the things that uh, both Katie and I, when we kind of went our separate ways to pray and discern about what this series could look like and what we felt the Lord wanted to share with our students, one of the things that highlighted in one of his books was something he calls the Purity Code. Um, And that says, purity is more than just not having sex before marriage. It is honoring God with your body, renewing your mind for the good, turning your eyes from worthless things, and guarding your heart above all else. So as Katie and I prayed and discerned, we both felt like that was just, it was really simple, easy to get, you know, to understand. Uh, It was full of, you know, biblical truth, God's heart for um, 
sex and purity. So we uh, divided up our teaching series between um, talking about the body and the mind for the first yeah. video and the eyes and heart for the second video. So uh, yeah, and we'll we'll put the link in the description for this podcast for Jim Burns's book if any parents um, or anybody wants to learn more because he is he's the top of my list if I was going to be doing another talk on something like this. That's awesome. Thanks, Brett. Yeah, I agree. And having making sure that the students know the father's heart and sharing the father's heart, we heard this so many times throughout the the messages, and that they would have a true, a deep meaning of their father's heart towards their sexuality and the sacredness of sex. And so one of the things that Brett and I talked about was, okay, so let's start right now with the end in mind. Yeah. And so, I, you know, I was constantly thinking about... As kids are leaving our doors, what are the what are the truths, the foundational truths that we want to make sure that they have heard uh, the church speak over mm-hmm. over them? Uh, because we we know there are issues within um, our our community, our region with sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. We don't live in a complete bubble, but in comparison to what is happening in the the nation right now we do still have a little bit of a bubble. What our students are going to be faced with and have to combat when they are out uh, in college or post high school, um, it's just, it's a different language. It's a different world than what they're, they're used to. Many of our students are used to. And so a lot of the heart behind this series was preparing them for those situations, those conversations, coming back to, okay, this is who I am and this is what I believe. Yeah, come on. That's good. You know, the three of us have been a part of fuller, different learning opportunities. And one of the things that I will always remember a professor there saying is the goal of youth ministry isn't just to graduate sober virgins. Now, that might be shocking to some of you because that might be some of your goals. But the truth is there's so much more that... God is wanting to do and wanting to have our students know. And so I love how both of you spoke into that. So thank you. How do you unpack God's heart for this generation? So it's actually something that you shared, Allie, that you don't want just truth to be um, highlighted. You want God's truth to be highlighted. And I think that there is a lot of confusion. Our culture honestly could care less if, if students of any age, um, understand things or are clear about, um, things they want it to stay ambiguous and confusing across the board when it comes to, uh, gender, sexuality, you name it, whatever cultural thing is out there. Um, so I think it's so important to, um, I see the Bible because I'm a sports guy, so here comes a sports metaphor. The Bible is the play is God's playbook for our life, mm-hmm. and um, everything that we need to know, even though it was written, you know, a long, long time ago, all humans still have the same issues dating back to when it was first written. So the the wisdom, God's truth for our lives, is through the Bible, and if we don't share that with our students. All they're going to hear is what they see on social media and mm-hmm. Netflix, and they're just always going to be inundated with non-biblical worldview stuff. So I think God's truth is the best way um, to unpack God's heart for the for this generation because culture ain't doing it. Yeah, that's yeah. for sure. 
That's right. Yeah, culture is trying to throw all kinds of confusion and and chaos. So one image for what the world wants our students to believe is like a tree with termites. So the tree may look great on the outside, but actually inside it's all destroyed and hollowed out. And so the world can tell our students that they're weird if they don't engage in this hookup culture or um, with the things of this world. And it pressures our kids, culture will pressure our kids to think and believe certain things that are against God's perfect plan for us. Um, but God's heart is not just for our, our students to survive, but to thrive. Yeah. And, and to truly know that, that's significant because um, the world, another lie I think the world throws at our kids is that that God is outdated and the Bible is outdated and they don't need to, they don't need to do that when actually that is that truth that Brett talked about. That's the source of the true joy, the true freedom, the true wholeness. Mm -hmm. And so we really want that to be drilled deep with our students. Yeah, that's great. So Katie and Brett, you both have specific seats here at third. So Brett, you're over all student ministries and core. Katie, you have been life stage pastor. You're now executive pastor here at third. But in both of those seats, and Katie, you have a like you are a parent of yeah, students, multiple hats. Yes. <laughs> in this age group. What are some other lies? Katie, you led us there a little bit, but what are some other lies that you have seen or experienced? Yeah, that's a great question, Allie. And I think that also goes back to what I alluded to a little bit ago of just, okay, so this is what culture is trying to yeah. tell our kids. This is what's getting pushed yeah, that's right. and to our kids. So, um, you know, one of the things out there is is hookup culture and mm-hmm. everybody's doing it and it's okay. And so, yep, just experiment with what you, however, whatever feels good. And that's, that's okay. That's what everybody is doing. Um, and so one of the truths that Brett brought in the video to that lie is that um, there's no such thing as casual sex, because that's what they're mm-hmm. trying to say. Um, because when a man and a woman come together, they become one, and yeah. they become one emotionally, physically, spiritually. Yeah. So there's, there's one lie. Another lie that's out there is STDs, sexually transmitted disease, are now being renamed as STIs, sexually transmitted infection. And it's just normal to get it. Like you might get an infection on a cut or something like that. This is just a normal part of being in culture. And the reason uh, our words are powerful and they have meaning. And the reason why they want to replace disease with infection, because if you have a disease, then that that carries more weight than just an infection, yeah. and they want them to again try to normalize all of these all of these things. Linguistic theft. It is linguistic theft. Yes, mm-hmm. I agree with that statement. Um, another lie that that we've heard out there is: in order to know yourself, you need to experiment with different types of sex and sexuality. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a female, you should have sex with a male. And you should have sex with a female. Mm-hmm. And if you're male, same right, same right. thing. Um, and if you and what you're looking for is what feels good. Consent and pleasure is the the name of the game. And so, um, and if you don't do these things, then you're weird. 
and you try to get pushed outside the circle. Right. Uh, and that ties back into our exile theme a little bit of, yeah. okay, so you, you don't go along with what culture says, um, then you're going to get pushed and pushed and pushed to the margins. Yep. Brett, there's other ones that you talked about too yeah. in the video. Yeah, one of them is, hey, it's normal to send naked photos to your boyfriend, to someone you're interested in, to your girlfriend, whoever. Um, and uh, as I say in the video, like obviously there's a spiritual component to that, uh, but one of the dangers I see in that is that it's like those photos are somewhere. They're not They're not yeah. just gone. That's right. So there's a digital footprint that's going to follow our students that we... We have no idea what that's going to look like. Like a 17-year-old who sends a photo now, what's it going to be in 2050? Like, right. you know, we have no concept. And one of the things that you and I talked about with this when we were talking, when we were writing this is like back in my day, right? Back in dinosaur times. Yeah. <laughs> uh, was... When FDR was president. <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> there used to be you know, the, the culture, there used to be bases. So it was first base. Right, you did right. so much experimenting, second base, third base, yep. fourth base. And now these naked pictures sexting is almost like a base, right? Yeah, that's that's yeah. what we're kind of framing. Or it's up. like the dugout before a base. Or it's like, yes. Yeah. Kind of, you know, like, yeah. yep. There's not even a relationship involved. Well, and, and there are, I've heard from some people that um, usually small group leaders that they've heard from their students that it's almost expected in some instances. Like my last significant other did it, so you should also, or something where to me, it's like, wow, that's a really big ask, but mm -hmm. it's not as mm -hmm. big of an ask, I don't think. These a days. lot of peer pressure. Yep, peer pressure yeah. is for sure uh, a big component there. Mm -hmm. um, and then we touched a little bit on the uh, gender identity at the beginning, um, but uh, what's your pronoun would be another thing that culture is, 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 is trying to throw at our students, or what are you identifying as today? Because it's, it's ever-changing, um, and it could be whatever. And uh, if you don't agree with, if, with that mindset, then again, you're outdated, you're outside, you're being pushed to the outside, you're being thrown into exile. And the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made, and God made men, and he made woman. Mm -hmm. um, and then another lie, uh, as we wrap up this portion, um, and Katie kind of talked about it a little bit, but if you don't engage in all that is sex culture, um, and I think that involves um, the the kind of hookup culture that Katie already talked about, the, the sending photos that I mentioned, um, and then, uh, well, it's actually kind of a summary of all the lies that we just shared. Like, if you're not involved in this, um, and it's so it's so tough because, you know, you look to the left, you look to your right, and you see what your friends are doing, and, you know, you might look up to them, or you think, oh, I, they, that relationship looks really strong. I want that relationship like that. And then you find out, well, they're sexually active, or they're sending photos to each other, um, and the peer pressure can just be overwhelming. Um and there's a reason that uh, the way that God, you know, it's all through the Bible, you know, you're going to have trouble in this life. Uh, his way is the narrow road and culture's way is the wide road with many temptations and distractions. And um, so, yeah, I don't know how to wrap that part up, but hook up culture. And if you don't fit, if you don't fit in with that, then you are other. 
So thanks, guys, for the ways that you just wrapped all of that up and just really exposed lies really well. I think as we continue to unpack some of the different lies, can you talk about a little bit more into how do we balance the dangers of sex in this culture while still keeping a quote unquote sex is good theme in the church? Because I think for a while, the church has kind of created like this nope, sex is bad to keep people away from sex instead of really blessing sex how God sees it as beautiful and good. So how how have you guys unpacked that in this series? You know, I think we've tried to be very honest and open with with the students um, that that to think about sex, to have this natural sex drive, it's natural and it's actually good and it's God-given. Um, he created some of us for marriage and some of us for single celibacy. And both of those things are opportunities for us to honor God with our bodies. And for some, this natural sex drive is going to develop into the beauty of falling in love, getting married, having children. And sex will definitely be one of the most incredible experiences of their life. And and for those that are remain single, the path is narrow and hard in this culture, but that sacrifice of single celibacy can create a relationship with God deeper than what uh, you could have ever, ever imagined. Mm-hmm. So in line with that, here's a word picture to that I use to kind of um, renew my mind around these lies and these truths. So a few years ago, our family went to Glacier National Park and drove Highway to the Sun. Have you, have you guys ever been on that highway? I have not. Negative. No. Okay. It is labeled as the most breathtaking road on earth. And it really, it truly, truly is. The entire time, though, there's road signs and guardrails to keep the driver safe. And I see our personal decisions with sex kind of like being the driver, on a ve- the driver of a vehicle on that road. So God allows us to make decisions about sex and sexuality, but he isn't silent He wants us to heed his advice so we can enjoy the view, we can enjoy the beauty and the best. God created sex as one of the most beautiful things on earth. But if we don't pay attention to what God is saying, we could end up off a cliff with a lot of damage to our bodies, mentally, physically, spiritually, as well as in the case of students, damage to future relationships. So that's one side of the road in the mountains, um, going over the steep side. But we can also end up off the road on the other side, kind of end up into the mountain, so to speak, if we get this this view that sex is bad. Um, unfortunately, there's a variety of different places where we can hear that from, too. And sex is not bad. God declares it as good. And many who have not had sex until marriage did it thinking that sex was kind of dirty and and not good. And that mindset, like I said, is like driving your car into that steep rock and just getting getting stuck there. And that can also happen. Um, So we want to balance that, invite students to live in that tension of, you know, there are guardrails that God has because he wants us to be safe and whole and but that does not negate that sex is is good. So mm-hmm. there's a little bit of how I navigate them. Yeah, no, thank you. I think that's great. Yeah, and I got a word picture to share too. Um, and this is not my own story. I remember hearing it um, early on in, in my teen years, and, and it really s- 
stayed with me. So um, sex is like a fire inside of a fireplace, uh, the proper boundary. Um, you, you know, if you have a fireplace in your house, um, it's uh, romantic. It heats your food. It warms your house. But what happens when the fire jumps out of the fireplace and hits your blanket? Well, it can be destructive. And sex is a fire only within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. And once that fire gets out of that boundary, it doesn't matter if it's heterosexual or homosexual, it burns everything down and it, and it will mess with our society in the long, in the long term. And um, actually, Katie, your, your road analogy reminded me, um, quick plug, if you haven't taken the freedom class at Third Church, definitely do it. What, what? Um, this is my third time going through it. Not because I didn't learn enough the first two times, <laughs> but because it's just good for me That's spiritually right. to do it again. And um, one of the word pictures that, the, that the, the pastor, the main guy of the series from Church of the Highlands says... Um, a truck driving um, owner would ask this question of every truck driver, how many wheels off of um, this steep mountain curve do you think you can have and still be safe? And if any truck driver is like, hmm, maybe one or two, he wouldn't hire them. <laughs> he only hired the ones that said, I don't want to find out. Like, I'm going to play it as safe as possible mm-hmm. because why would I want to fall off a cliff? Right. Mm-hmm. And I think a little bit about that, like how much... You know, is you know the question: How far is too That's far? Right. That everyone at some point asks themselves, um, and I think that our students, just like every other generation of students, this is not some new thing that this generation right. has that my generation, FDR's generation, <laughs> didn't have. Thank you before. for that shout out, Brett. <laughs> um, <laughs> You know, uh, it's, at least it, you didn't go to prehistoric times. Yeah, well, so you did. Good. You yeah, said dinosaurs, I know, I know. so I thought you're, I was going. Me I was being out. generous <laughs> with FDR. Um, but that's the thing. I think every everyone, like when my parents, um, you know, the internet was brand new for my parents in parenting. So I'm sure they thought, well, no parent has ever dealt with something this hard before. Mm-hmm. Well, now that you know. You're Katie, a parent, Allie. I mean, like you guys probably have that same, like all this new technology, like no one's ever had to deal with this. This is so hard. Um, And so I just think every generation has dealt with this, but the truths, God's truths are still the same that when you start to dabble and start to look at this, this, what the culture offers, a lot of times it can end up off the road and that destruction um, can follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. You know, one of the things I will always remember is my first year here, we were in the bridal room, which is right next door to where we're actually recording this. And I was with a group of eighth grade girls. And one of the girls looked up at me and said, so if I'm being told all the time that sex is bad and that I shouldn't be having sex, then on my wedding night, how do I have sex? Like you're telling me that's the day I can do it. Why? Like, it's not a light switch. How does that happen? And, I, and that stuck out to me. Like, I mm-hmm. left that small group time, and I remember going to the rest of our student ministry staff the next day and saying, we need to think about how we're talking about this, because if that's what they're hearing, that will be so damaging. Mm-hmm. And then how do you allow yourself to fully engage and enjoy the first time you can in marriage when all you've been told is don't do it? It's bad. It's scary. It can do this. It can do this. And so I'm so thankful 
that Katie and Brett and Chrissy and Lauren, everyone in student ministries is really looking at this from a holistic lens instead of like, just don't do the act. Mm -hmm. So with that said, that is one of the obstacles I would say in purity culture is that for a long time, we just said, don't have sex because it will be bad for you in some way. And, and, oh, by the way, it's against God. But are there any benefits or what other obstacles have you guys seen or engaged in? And then what is an alternative to purity culture? Allie, I think you did a great job of sharing about the obstacles of, of the purity culture movement. You know, an alternative to that, and this kind of goes back to what you were talking about, Brett, is is the newness and and families probably feel like, oh, there's so much and it's it's new. And and I think that's true. The beautiful side of that is I think the way in which we um in which we confront it are the ways that they've always confronted it Hmm. by helping our kids understand you are set apart. Come on. The spirit that is within you is so much greater than the spirit that's within the world. Mm -hmm. And if that is the, if those are the truths that our kids are hearing and learning about uh, in their home, uh, that's what's filling their spirits. That's what's filling their minds. If those truths are filling their minds, then, um, you know, they are, they are going to be able to uh, know those, hear those lies and be able to name them and dismantle, dismantle mm-hmm. those lies. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I know, I know a high school student that uh, will often come home and has heard uh, all kinds of lies uh, that, that we've talked about, some that we've exposed here today. And this high school student can just, you know, just knows yeah. Here's here's a lie. Here's where the deception is, yeah. and and that's the significance um, and the gift of of growing up in wow. in a Christian home. And if you you know if you're currently not in in a Christian home, there's always a starting point, mm-hmm. and that's and that's beautiful too. But as you have TK now, and you have Eliana and Mercy, and as you are filling them with truth, yeah. basically about who they are in Christ, basically what you're doing is, is they're warriors. Right. They are princess warriors. They are kingdom warriors. Um, and so that's, I, that's the alternative yep. in for, the, for the long haul. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Our kids are set apart. Yeah. And so yeah. There is, there's no fear in that. Yep. But there's a constant feeding of that for yes. for us yep. as parents and as a church right. family. Right. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. It makes me think we get to put and we get to knight them. So staying with that, with the sword of the spirit. Amen. And so the more that we bring even the word of God into them, that's more... I just... The picture I have going through my mind right now is their sword just gets bigger and bigger. That's you know? right. And so, yeah, that's really beautiful, Katie. Mm-hmm. So I think one of the things that has changed, because, you know, the Bible is, so many people will say the Bible is outdated. Well, the truth is, what we're talking about is not outdated stuff. Like, these things were happening back in Bible days as right. well. But one of the things that I would say that has changed is the access to pornography. Mm-hmm. And now that it's digital, and so many of our students have a personal handheld device that holds the world mm-hmm. and can entertain them in multiple different ways. What would you say the role of pornography has played in culture with students today? Yes. Well, first off, it is pervasive. Um, another thing that's been um, shocking to me over the 
time I've been in in Iowa for sure, just knowing more and more reading about, you know, statistics about teens and sex and culture and all that kind of thing is that it used to just be a dude problem. Like mm-hmm. it was guys struggle with porn mm-hmm. and then there was never a girl's side of that. Um, but what I have, what I've been told, um, from reading through psychologists and, you know, articles and things is, um, the culture has turned everyone into a visual person. So it's not just, well, guys are visual. So X, right. Uh, it's now we are visual because all we do is look at screens all the time. Yeah, that's right. Um, so that's one thing that has changed a lot. Um, one thing, uh, to add to that is, uh, along with the whole parents, like, what do we do? All this stuff is new. It's coming at us. We're not ready for it. Is there's always a new app. Mm-hmm. So even if you have a filter, even if you have, mm-hmm. uh, you're, you're checking your, your children's devices, mm-hmm. there will always be a new app that sneaks through right. and then you're going to have to, to check in on that. Yep. So my one, my one advice for any time I have a conversation with a parent, like, Hey, my child is struggling with this or you know, basically, I can't trust them with their device. What do I do? Just for an un- umbrella situation, is um, you know, make sure that you're having conversations with them that they know that you're checking their phone, that you want what's best for them. Um, but you set whatever boundaries you think are necessary in that moment. But letting it just be the wild, wild west, and you don't check, and there is no filter, yeah. is definitely not yep. what I would advise. And I would also say it's not too late. Yeah. Like if your child has had a smartphone for four years and you've never done it before, yeah. take some steps. Yeah. Um, it's really easy. I actually have, uh, I've, I've helped many students. I am, I'm the holder of the password for their phones because wow. they realize I need to do something today because I know if I don't, it's just going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a really easy way in, you know, Apple settings to make sure you limit adult content or yeah. you don't let apps that are 17 plus mm-hmm. and like apps that you wouldn't like Reddit. Right. Reddit has a huge yes. porn problem. It's all mm-hmm. over the place. Mm-hmm. Or mm-hmm. Google, the mm-hmm. search engine Google or the search engine Bing or like anything that you think it's like, oh, it's just a search engine. Well, if there's no filter, then right. the results are going to show. So, um, yes. So going back to your original question, Allie, it is pervasive and it is for both genders now. Yeah. Um, and it carries with it a lot of, like, it's it's in secret. It's It, it can be super um, shameful. Um, but then also at the same time, I'm going to just, I'm going to go against what I just said. Because it's pervasive, culture's trying to make it seem like it's no mm-hmm. big deal. Mm-hmm. So I think you know when you look at it, like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. Like, that's not, right. like, I know that this is not good. But then it's also like everyone does it. I mean, even on TV shows, I remember, like, oh, I was so mad. A show that I was watching that I liked, but I was clearly, you know, just a normal comedy show. It was like, the boyfriend and the girlfriend just talked about watching porn. Like, it was just mm-hmm. something to do. Mm-hmm. Like, we're going to watch... Independence Day with Will Smith. <laughs> hey, let's watch right. porn this in, instead. It's like, what? They're trying to normalize yeah, so it. Yeah, so they're trying to make it seem like, well, if I like them and they do it, yep. well, then maybe it's okay if I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, f- I feel like open access to any and all that the internet offers is a huge slippery slope. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think I go back to whole person again a little bit. So like what you said, if, if you're going to take something off their phone or out of their life, so if something's getting taken away, 
okay, so what now as parent, child, or or small group, whatever it is, what are you going to put back in place mm-hmm. of, of that? And in different books and things that I've read, um, addiction all follows the same pathway mm. in our brain. And so you have the two the two people in the hospital, right? Let's go to um, a drug addiction. One has opioids because they broke their leg. And as soon as they no longer need that pain medication, then they're done. The other one is taking opioids because, um, you know, they broke their arm. But as soon as they're done, they are addicted to Mm -hmm. those opioids because they have a deficit in their soul, in their Mm -hmm. mind, body, spirit. And so... Um, that's the, so that addiction pathway has been triggered in their brain. Mm-hmm. Now, if you take this over into, um, into any other kind of addiction, pro- you know, pornography being one of them. So what is it that we can be feeding our students with mind, body, spirit? And so even when they are exposed to it, it's not a hook for addiction. Right. So they're like that uh, person in the hospital that broke their leg and once that was over, then it was, it was done. Once the exposure happens, because the ways that all of these things are getting normalized within culture, it's not a matter of if it's Mm -hmm. when, um, but continuing to pour into holistic living in our, in our students is another, another Mm -hmm. way to fight that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, you guys are just, I'm so thankful that you are now executive pastor, but we're in the seat of family ministry and in student ministry, because you bring such beautiful truth and allow people to think through things differently. So there is another question, but I actually have two more questions. (laughs) Um, But there's one more question that we had on our list of questions to ask. And then I have another question that I would like to ask as well. How do you, how do we navigate sin and shame around sex and sexual sin? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, um, like I said in the previous question, you know, it's never it's never too late. Um, I know that uh, for those of us who grew up in the church, some of us could have adhered to a gospel of sin management mm-hmm. type of like just do less bad things, and right. then I know mm-hmm. God loves me, but does He like me right now because I messed up yesterday? Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not then we're not living like the gospel is clearly sharing. Like all the people that God interacted with, he didn't say, hey, so before I bless you and before I heal you, I need you to stop sinning and be perfect. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we think that that is the case. And with porn and with, um, you know, I went too far with my girlfriend or my boyfriend and now we broke up and now it's just like, I just feel like, what did I do? And if I get married someday, like, what do I tell my, my spouse? Um, yeah, Jesus, uh, the prodigal son, mm-hmm. like we are never, we are never too far mm-hmm. away. We are always welcome home. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, mm-hmm. it's my favorite it is my favorite Bible story for a hundred million reasons. And now that I am a father, yeah, um, it it means something different to me. Yeah. But um, when it comes to anything, the devil wants to keep us away from God. He wants to keep our eyes off of God, and like he doesn't need to turn us all into mass murderers yeah. to keep us out of heaven. Right? Like all he needs to do is distract us. Yeah, that's right. Uh, if you guys haven't read the Screw Tape Letters by C.S. Lewis, it is it's the Bible 
and screw tape letters for me. That is the second my favorite second favorite book because I did not know that about you. Yeah, Brett. The, okay. the you know what's the um, I think it's from DC Talk Jesus Freak where the guy says the greatest lie the devil ever the greatest lie the devil ever told was to convince us he didn't exist. Like so, I heard that when mm-hmm. I was like ten, mm-hmm, whenever mm-hmm. Jesus Freak came out. How old were you back then? <laughs> yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> But, um, so, so that's, that always stayed with me. Like, oh, 12. what does the devil, what does the devil do? Or right. is he real? And then I read screw tape letters. It's all about this, this, you that's know, right. this like higher level demon talking to a lower level demon about how to get your person to, you know, distract him with, make him feel comfortable, make, mm-hmm. you know, give, make sure he focuses on basically anything other than Jesus. Just take your eyes off Jesus mm-hmm. and that's all you got to do. The prodigal son, you know, the son says, I'm done with you. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to do my own way. But then realizes that his way was not the right way Mm -hmm. and wants to come home. Mm -hmm. And whenever we sin, we either keep saying to ourselves, no, this is the way I'm choosing and I don't care. Mm -hmm. Or we realize, oh, what have I done? I want to come home. Mm -hmm. So my, my hope for our students is that they always know that they're never too far gone and there's always Mm -hmm. that path home. And so it's my duty and I'm our small group leaders duty and you parents, whoever's listening to let them know that they're never too far gone. Yeah. Amen. Drop the mic right right there. Hey, I'll take it. That's good. Yep. (laughs) Mic dropped. And then I think, yes, God's arms eternally extended towards us. And then the next step that I think is, is also critical um, is to also give that lens to our students, recognizing, hey, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And so maybe maybe you don't struggle with sexual sin, but your friend that does struggle with mm. sexual sin, that's not a worse sin than the sin that you struggle that's with. Right. And so continue to uh, model that and love them well mm-hmm. and not not allow yourself to be a vessel to pass on mm-hmm. shame mm-hmm. Uh, to to that student either, because there's that weird dynamic that can can sometimes happen. Mm-hmm. So, individual freedom, like what Brett said, and then also sharing that mm-hmm. freedom and that light with um, with peers with mm-hmm. and, yeah. and with others that we're not. Yeah. Um, that it's like the opposite of peer pressure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. pure love. Yeah. Come on in. <laughs> love it. Yeah. You know, I hope in the midst of this series that our students, and if if I'm honest, podcast listeners and parents, my hope is that you know that God is not ashamed of you. Because mm-hmm. I wonder how often as parents or those that influence others have have the honor of doing that, do we look at things through the lens of our own hurts and shames, and then we project that onto our kids. And so I hope in the midst of all of this entire conversation for the next bit of the semester that everyone knows God is not ashamed of them. He never has been, and he never will be. That's not who our God is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's be honest. Like This has been a little bit of a heavy conversation. Mm Mm-hmm. What gives you hope in this? What hope do you see for this generation, for families, for parents? Maybe some are listening and they are in a very desperate, like very desperate place with their child. Mm-hmm. That's an awesome 
thing to think about, Allie. And when you walk in complete freedom, the light of Christ just flows. It just, there's just a flow to it and how attractive those people Mm. are and not not with the sexual connotation attractive, but how oh, right. people are just drawn to them. So in this world of chaos and confusion, um, and as we as Christians are, again, finding ourselves more on the margins, there is a drawing to to that, to, pe- to students who will um, walk in freedom. And also, uh, you guys both know, students p- pray powerful Come on, prayers. That's right. And uh, my hope for this is as students um, walk in freedom, as they experience freedom, I wonder if one of the things that God is doing is actually saying, you know, it's going to be the power of your prayers that's going to be pushing back yeah, this darkness. And we're just raising up a generation of powerful prayer warriors and to to defeat the, the gates of hell. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yep. So how I would answer that is it's almost like one of the things that is hardest for this generation is how much they're being exposed to and how much access they have to everything. But I can also see that being a um, turn on its head and it's a benefit. Mm. So they're aware of the lies more than maybe previous generations. Yeah. So that, and then again, like I said before, it just they're never too far gone. I think... One thing that this generation seems without any data to back it up, so you know, caveat. Um, I it seems like each each student, each like new year, it feels like if they make a mistake, they just feel like they are just done. Mm-hmm. Like they're in they're in a prison cell until someone comes to rescue them. They're just not worthy mm-hmm. or something, and um, which again is not the gospel. Uh, so I just I want God's truth to be in their hearts. So that when they do stumble and fall, they'll know that, hey, get back up, try again. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, friends, it has been such an honor to be with you. And I would like to end this time just with praying with you. So thank you for listening today. Will you pray with me? Father, we thank you that you are not afraid of big questions. Father, we thank you that you receive us with open arms at all times. Thank you that you are not ashamed of your creation, and that will never change. You were never ashamed at the beginning of time, and you will never be ashamed at the end of time. And so, God, thank you that in you there is freedom. So, God, I bless families and generations with new levels of freedom. Thank you, Lord, that you conquered the grave for our freedom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us for this T3 Family Podcast. We hope it's been a blessing for you and your family.